Achievement unlocked. Two players and a podcast now loaded. Dreamers and Flam family, this is Two Peas in a Pod, brought to you by General Andrews and Liberty Flam. And we are sponsored by the 8-Bit Dojo and ESN, where we aim to be selfless, not selfish. This is episode 22 of season 4, Hidden Gems, the CDI game catalog? What is going on, Flimity Flam? General Andrews, my dude, I'm just <laughs> chilling. How are you? I'm doing pretty darn good. I just started a little mini streaming vacation, the mid-season reset, as I like to call it. Wonderful. How lovely. Absolutely. You know, it's funny, though, because, like, we'll be like, oh, where are you going? No, I'm still here. Look, I'm I'm recording this damn podcast episode. (laughs) We're not going anywhere. (laughs) Just a couple of nights off of the stream. Now, intentional, not being forced like I had to deal with with the the vid-19 few weeks back but uh you know it's it's one of those things where now get other work done so i can feel prepared for the second half yeah. of the streaming season that's right so i feel like i'm playing catch up you know yeah that's true i hate i hate it when you start playing catch up and then being sick and, and taking it off is never like actually having it off because you're sick no it's it's such a mess like it's like okay i need a rest to take care of myself but it never feels like fulfilling rest because you're sick and you're fighting something you know mm-hmm. it's like uh, 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 yeah i agree it's the worst i'm glad you brought the worst because yeah. i think we're about to go down a little <laughs> little bit of memory lane here when it comes to the the beloved CDI, yeah, so, we've, we've been talking Flint. a lot about the best, the <laughs> hidden gems, and now now we're gonna go into uh, uh, it's it's a console. That's uh, one way to put it. That is exactly one way to put it. So now let me go ahead and pull up some information for those of you that might not know about the CDI. Man, a lot of people don't. At least who didn't grow up in that era I have no idea what the CDI is. It was such a hidden. It was a hidden console. It really was a hidden console because at first I thought actually it was a uh, a Sega amalgamation, mm-hmm. and I was wrong about that. No. I had to do a little bit more deep dive on it to find out really how it came to be. So I'm sure certain people out there know this aspect of uh, the CDI, uh, more so at least one of these things that fell through that started branching into all these other companies. But let, let me go ahead and just read this little blurb for those out there that don't know what the heck we are talking about today. So back in 1989, oh, beloved Nintendo, who could do no wrong, was wholesome and for families and didn't think about profits before people. Sure. They signed a deal. Okay, folks, signed a deal, which means you are agreeing to the terms to begin development of a CD-ROM-based system known as the SNES CD. But it is also known as the Nintendo Play Dash Station, now intentionally with the words separated. And that was going to be an add-on to the Super Nintendo, and that would allow for FMV and then larger games because obviously you were limited by your your hardware capabilities. You're limited by the the, the cartridge disc space mm-hmm. for those titles back then. Yeah, cartridges were not a great way to store information. No, they they were really good at keeping the game itself safe, 
Yes. But that's kind of <laughs> where, and, and like the, the novelty of having that, because like I always like I love having cartridges like CDs. I really don't care about at all. No, same. There, there's just something about them. They're so just basic. So like, yeah, they exist. They do what they need to do. But I don't care. We we you all know? probably still have you know a giant stack of CDs somewhere. Somewhere, right in those big old <laughs> accordion folders yes. and, and those binders, <laughs> or you could put four four in a sleeve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Nintendo broke the agreement. Surprise, surprise. Oh, big surprise there, Nintendo. <laughs> and instead signed with Philips to make the add-on. Now, this caused Sony to spin off onto their own add-on, which was going to be now called the PlayStation, which a lot of people, I feel, know that aspect of this. Now, PlayStation could not use the Play Dash Station because that was copyrighted by Nintendo. Hmm. So they just decided to take the hyphen away and just put it all as one word, and that's what we have today. Well, Nintendo was really good about its market research. That's one of the reasons why they are so successful for what they've done was the fact that they really dove into understanding what's going on with their market what's going on with potential markets and then trying their best to that's why they they sometimes you're like man they take forever to do something there's a reason why yeah now witnessing the poor reception of the sega mega cd so for a lot of us they know we, we would know it as the sega cd if you're mm. out here in the u.s in japan it was the mega cd so that's why there's kind of called the sega mega because it's all kind of either or now nintendo scrapped the idea of making the add-on at like at all like they're like no forget it we're not doing this. We, we, we don't, we see how bad it went for, for Sega. We're not going to do that to ourselves. So now what do they do? They dissolved their agreement with Philips. Oh, wonderful. You know, because Nintendo just decides to kick somebody from the curb to go with someone else and then just kicks that person and their company to the curb, you know, whatever. No, no big deal. Oh, but Nintendo was really nice, right? They gave them the license to use several of their characters, including Link, Zelda, Ganon. Oh, man, and didn't they do something with it? <laughs> Oh, they did. And we're, we're going to dive into that. that Philip's oh. going to take us there in just a second. And these games uh, for the Philips console were now called the CDI. That's what they now named the system after all of this hugabaloo that went on down. And that's where we got to the CDI. So the idea behind the CDI is that it was going to go ahead and they want to utilize all these capabilities, including FMV, high-resolution graphics, and CD-quality music. What? When they were making it, though, it was supposed to be a multifaceted system, which meant kind of like what the PlayStation eventually turned into down the line, where you could put in, you know, movies and things of that nature. So back then, though, technology is a little bit lagging on that idea. So they were trying to maximize games, but it wasn't meant to be just a game console at that point in time. So it's like, wait a second, you you start to learn some of these games did not perform so well simply because of the fact that uh they were trying to go hard on the game side of things and it wasn't made solely for games all right that's our cdi so now with that being said footy flam what are some memorable titles i'm sure oh, they're definitely memorable <laughs> some people know i would like to think or at least know the references to for the cdi so there was link and the faces are evil right which is <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Which had, you know, full full motion video in it. For which is a big deal. Which was a, big, a big deal. deal. Yeah, huge deal. Except it was like a third grader had animated it all. Yes. And, and got his parents to voice it. Because Link has a voice in this one, which kind of breaks all the stereotypes of Link. Mm -hmm. And 
God, it's bad. It's so bad. Cause how about a kiss? Ugh. Oh man! Excuse me, me princess. princess. <laughs> hey, that's me. <sighs> Shut up, Link. <laughs> So and it's it's sad to say that those those cutscenes are the best part of the game too because the gameplay is garbage, atrocious. It's like like we were talking about just a moment before is the idea of the game or the system was not made to solely play games, so there were so mm. many aspects missing. So like you were talking about, the best part was the the cutscenes because the controls were were laggy and hard to uh, use, and they were not innovative at all. No, no intuitiveness came with it. Super basic controls on top of it. You were having like an input delay. Yes, you would. Big input delay. And that's man. Like way, way, way to just crap on having a, a license from Nintendo so fast and so thoroughly. <laughs> and but don't worry, they made a sequel to it with the Wand of Gamelon as well. Of course, because everything did so well. It did so well, right? And this time you get to wander around as Zelda. God. Like the, <laughs> the screens are bad. Like, man, it, it it's hard to determine. Like, I'm looking at a screenshot. And just, like, look up a screenshot of gameplay, and you'll be like, that's not a Zelda game. Yeah, you're like, wait, what is this? Why like, are there raptors on the screen? Yeah, there, there are raptors, which they call Dodongos, and then... <laughs> Like birds that they call keys, which are supposed to be bats. You're like, how is that? This isn't even close, video game. And then, and then Ganon is like this spectral image of himself. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just so ridiculous. The, 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 the fairies are like super flirtatious with Link, which I guess is kind of sort of consistent. That's the most consistent thing they probably got right that but even then it was like overly sexualized yes they definitely dipped into a little bit too much of a sexualizing a lot of the uh cut scenes in yes. my opinion because you know a zelda game was so good to go ahead and introduce to a child because all right yeah there's some some action and fighting but they're fighting things that aren't even close to real looking creatures you know it's in, it's always in like this fantasy land uh but there, it, the dialogue was always very about the game. Yeah. Not about their <laughs> intentions with one another. True. Oh, and then let, man, that's not the only game that was bad. Like, I'm a, there's Dragon's Lair 2, which I'm sure we've all seen, which I'll let <laughs> you sorry. go. Because you, I know, you, this is when you brought up to me and we're like, oh, Dragon's Lair. And I had forgotten about it. You were <laughs> so kind to let me know. Sorry, I was like, while you're talking, I was like totally watching these cutscenes from... <laughs> from Zelda, dude. It's so bad. Like, there's this one where literally the gal is holding up this mirror, and she's like, "You have to defeat Castle Da 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 before you can go ahead and defeat Ganon." And then, like, the mirror just automatically now shows Link's face, and he's just like, uh... <laughs> "You're just." God. Like, and then she just casts some spell and she disappears. It just of course. vanishes. I found that. I don't know how I found it, like, but I was, that's so, so bad. And it's like this animator has no idea what perspective is either. And God, it hurts. It's like, wait a second. She, she was looking at the mirror. Then she was showing something in the mirror. And now it's just Link looking at the mirror. But now the mirror's gone and she's gone. What's happening here? I don't understand it. I don't understand any of it. Ah. 
Good make old it dragon make slayer. sense. Make it make sense. Folks, please tell me, any of you out in the comments, when you come by on the stream, uh, on uh, on Twitter, somewhere, something, let us freaking know if you've also played this game. Even if you didn't play on the CDI, but maybe you played it on the arcade. Because this game came out in 1983, I want to say, mm-hmm. for Dragon's Lair. I want to say Dragon's Lair was a 1983 uh, arcade release. And then obviously once it was on the CDI, that was a 1994 release at that point in time. And this game is almost, it's like 90 some percent cutscenes where you really, for the most part, you're just doing a couple of inputs and they will, what is it called? Is it called the action time? inputs when you play games like i remember like, something the PlayStation like that did, yeah PlayStation did this a lot with uh certain titles and in those instances it's a game that you would not want to be playing on the arcade <laughs> if you die that's it you gotta put more quarters in yeah and this game was always anywhere from 50 to 75 cents way back when and it was just like whoa like you know like it was always like okay if you ever did anything more than a quarter you're like this game's gotta have to be awesome it's gotta you be know? great right and i started being so frustrated because whatever would flash on the screen was literally like a split second like you would need to have know like after you've seen it like 10 20 times now you're like oh i need to press attack yeah or i need to press down and it's just like you were constantly just throwing away quarter after quarter after quarter and usually it cost you 10 to 15 bucks before you could even get close to the end of the game and the game actually was super short it was very short if you got everything right if you got everything right the game was painfully short it was like 20 minutes long it's like really (laughs) like that's what this game is like you you just really made it such a trolley arcade style game this is this is supposed to be a reward was this very very short lived come come on come on oh my gosh but folks as you can tell so far the redeeming quality of the cdi was the cutscenes. yeah because that was just unprecedented at the time oh before playstation whatnot what they could do there honestly like like when i first even thought of games with like real cutscenes, not obviously we talk about cutscenes in a different manner um from different retro console different retro console because they did have their own quote-unquote cutscenes. but these were full-on motion videos yes not okay we're using the pixels we're gonna we're gonna force the pixelized uh sprites to go ahead and do forced movements that you have no control over dialogue that's going to pop up and, and roll on its own time maybe every now and then you have to hit the a button or b button to continue to scroll through it before i'll continue on with it but these were full motion videos that's where fmv came from folks and it was the only time I ever thought about it would would been when I was on the computer and play, you know, again, plug in a CD into the CD drive. I don't even have one of those on my computer nowadays. Like, we're, we're, there's no CD drive on here. <laughs> yeah, there's same. Such a, such a weird thing to think about. You it know, really I mean, I know the floppy disk drive went away a long time ago, but I always thought it was, you know, it was always cute to have that little thing on there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, anyways, getting back on track here. <laughs> cute floppy, ooh, woo. floppy disks and um i wrote so many beautiful stories on there oh my gosh and uh just these games were so terrible let's go ahead and read off a few of these other titles for the cdi oh man because they got ridiculous let's see here oh here's one that everyone loves everybody loves hotel mario oh man 
And if you've never, ever played this game, folks, you've probably done yourself a, a favor. You, you, you've done the right choices in your life. But you should definitely watch some gameplay for this because this game was terrible. Now, it would have probably been fine if it wasn't supposed to be a Mario-esque, you know, skin to it. Yeah. Right? Because pretty much all this game really is, is you're, you just keep on going up and down uh, different, you know, different levels to go ahead and open every single door in the stage and avoid enemies when that happens. Now, Mario can step on most enemies like in previous games, but uh, some, the only way you can avoid them is by changing floors and the controls were so broken. Dude, they were bad. They were so bad. <laughs> You would die every time trying to just like get on this little, the little elevator that's going up and down, up and down. It's like, oh my gosh, no! It's it it very poorly yeah. coded too, because you can just kind of fall out of bounds too. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. You walk too far to the right, you know, because a lot of times in games, if you find a wall, you can keep on walking up against it if you wanted to. You yeah. know, no big deal. But in this game, because like Flip said, it was coded poorly. If you did that, well, you just now fell out of bounds and the game is broken. You're, you're, <laughs> you're not going to die. You're, you're not going to progress in the game. And it's like, okay, well, I guess I'll hit reset. Well, and it's not like there was some, some great save point, some save feature or whatever. So I'm starting from the beginning of this very tedious <sighs> hair pulling style game. But let's be honest, though, Flib. This is probably what's like actually running a hotel. Yeah, I, I would. I would probably say that there's Goombas and Koopas flying everywhere, and you're, you're mostly just, pulling your hair out. Yeah. You know, you're falling down the sides of staircases and elevators. I mean, it sounds probably like the accurate if you were to run your own hotel nowadays. Yeah, you know? like yeah, it's like an accurate representation of shoots and ladders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, All right. There were some like. There were some games that were successful in this because Mist, right? Mist came out on this. Oh, good call. Nice drop. Yes. And then Mist was like the what the original basically point and click, right? And that works pretty well on this with the full motion video and everything like that. And I would say it was the first point and click that did the full motion uh, video with it. Yes, yeah. Because obviously it's not the first point and click because like, you had games like Shadowgate. Oh, like, the original that's Shadowgate true, came huh? out like, like early 80s on like Mac or something like that. That's right. I forgot about Shadowgate because that is you know? textbook point and click. <laughs> yeah, textbook point and click. But when it came to actually having full motion video as a part of it, yes, Mist was, if they weren't the first, they were the groundbreaking like evolution to that genre. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Now here's one everyone uh needs to know about. I'm I'm ready. Are you ready for it? Hold on. Why is it not? Is it doesn't not want high? doesn't want people it's to like, know. Never mind. It doesn't it doesn't want me to tell you about it, folks. It's like forget it. All right. Let, let, let's talk about this other one. This is this is one you all need to know, period. Forget about the other one I wanted to tell you. This is the one you need to know. Thunder in Paradise is an interactive movie starring Terry Hulk Hogan and Chris oh Lemon, God. released on the Philips CDI and MS-DOS. Based on the TV series with the same title, the game is a playable version of the two-part episode The Major and The Minor, and video footage from the TV show was actually used in this game. So, I don't know if anybody else out there remembers 
But this is like t- tip top where Hulk Hogan was really at the his his peak, right? His, his peak, peak of popularity. Like he was still popular for another numerous five, ten more years, like really popular still. Yeah. But this is peak popularity. I remember watching this TV show. I never played the game, but I I definitely watched this TV show for the first three, four episodes uh, before eventually it's like, okay, now this is, it it went from like, okay, this this could be a good action one, you know, until we're like, okay, this is getting really campy really quickly. And yet you could tell that the actors were trying really hard to make it like a real action show. And so you're like, all right, this is getting a little bit ridiculous. So, if you never got to watch that show and don't plan on watching it, you should just play it on the CDI. Because obviously, we've talked about how many amazing titles there are for the CDI, and you should hop on that bandwagon right now before somebody else does. Right? Go go get yourself a CDI. Do it. <laughs> don't worry. We're not sponsored by CDI. We're not. Hashtag no. sponsored by CDI. Yeah, hashtag sponsored by Phillips. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, fine. You you weren't you weren't convinced on that one. H- how about just the name of this one? Zombie Dinos from oh. Planet Zeltoid. Right? Who doesn't want to play that? Like, first off, dinosaurs are supposed to have been dead for millions of years, right? Right. So but it makes sense that they'd be zombies, right? It does. <laughs> but they're not from our planet, because obviously there was dinosaurs on other planets. They're they're from the planet Zeltoid. Oh my god. It all makes sense. I don't want anyone's freaking out over here. <laughs> why why would they freak out? Come on, man. Oh man. Okay. Zombie dinosaurs. <laughs> Alright, you ready? Here we go. Here, here we go. Base Ace is a laser disc video. Who remembers laser discs? Oh my goodness, laser discs. Do you remember when you were in class and like your science teacher, your biology teacher, they got and they brought out this big old freaking laser disc that was like the size like it was like a massive size basketball shape it was just so like like you could have served a pizza on it yeah basically you know they called a laser disc though oh my gosh i remember that so bad okay the game produced by bluth group cinematronics and advanced microsystem it was unveiled in october 1983 just four months after dragon's lair game Followed by a limited release in December, and then widely released in the spring. It was trash. It was goddamn trash. Anyways, the point is, is that some of these games, they sounded so good, and then you realize, like, literally most of the time, you're just going to watch. Dude, it was like they had their marketing team firing on all cylinders, and then the development team just dropped the ball straight out. And they're like, well, at least our marketing team's good. We'll sell. Okay, I am glad you said that, because literally when you go back and look on the CDI to understand about its uh, you know, development process and all this other kind of stuff, is that they their marketing team was in-house. What did they do with their de- developmental team? Oh, it was outsourced, wasn't it? It was outsourced. Of course. So if you're curious why things were so inconsistent across the board, it's because they weren't working with the same team over and over again. God, it all makes sense now. So it's so great you said that. Like, I wonder why. Well, you were right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are 100% correct on that. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts this little bit. Because, I mean, who who wouldn't want to play the classic Tim and Bear at the airport? Oh and my then gosh. The next year, Tim and Bear at the hospital. Oh, and so then good. Tim and Bear at the movies. 
Oh my god. Instant classics that should those, have gone way further than they did. Those are some hidden gems, if you ask me. They're definitely gems in somebody's <laughs> exactly. collection. <laughs> now, okay, they made sure to get lemmings. That, that, that was smart. I did see that. I did see lemmings, and I was like, okay, that seems like it'd be a pretty easy game to put on a thing like that. Jeopardy, you know? Good old like that, Jeopardy. That wasn't bad. I do love me some Jeopardy. So, I mean, they, 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 they did good there. Connect 4, because if you didn't already own the goddamn board game, you should be playing it on your CDI, for Christ's sakes. How, I'm, I'm curious here. How many, how many did they sell? How many CDIs? I'm very That's curious. Right. It gives me an opportunity to talk about Burn Cycle. Yeah, please, please talk about Burn Cycle. Burn Cycle is a 1994 surrealist cyberpunk point-and-click adventure video game for the CDI that incorporates full motion video. The game's star, Soul Cutter, is a computer hacker and small-time data thief whose latest steal at the beginning of the game comes the nasty sting. I tell you, wow. they, they, they definitely got some good stuff. Marketing team absolutely nailed it. <laughs> absolutely nailed it. Oh, God. It came out with seven different series of system. <laughs> yeah. The CDI Player 100 series the 200 series the 300 400 500 600 and the 700 series who gave him this money dude right that's why i am like super confused i'm like wow they they you don't want to show you the marketing man th th this is what it is flim what right here th this game title actually makes sense why it happened the way it happened brain dead 13. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Who the hell decided to make seven iterations of the CDI? My Are you god. kidding me? My god. What was going on? Yeah, this ran, the, the system ran for like eight years. That's insane to me. How about this title? Do you remember the 60s? Is that the, that's the name that's of the it. game? That's it, that's all I got for that, you. That's, that's, that's the title and there's no information. Oh my goodness. Absolutely amazing. Do you like open the case and it just gives you like a little tiny vial of like drugs? <laughs> <Yeah>. And then <laughs> it's like, well, here you go, 1969 a bottle. You're yeah. like, oh, <laughs> all right, thanks. You, oh my gosh. <laughs> there. <laughs> There was a game called Magic Eraser. What's so great is that it's such an obscure game that when you go to actually click on Magic Eraser, it goes to the product that was eventually owned by one of the cleaning companies, and it just starts talking about a Magic Eraser. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It really does. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And video games turning into cleaning products. That's how yeah. ahead of the game the CDI was. It, it knew it had some some some, some heavy hitters, and just you didn't know you're gonna use it to clean out grout and crud between the <laughs> the tiling of so your kitchen area. <laughs> oh man! Okay, okay. Here here's another thing that can go ahead and explain the entire CDI series of games. Voyeur. Because pretty much, oh like, you are just watching most of the time, and you're playing very little. Because when you got to play, it was mostly your your hands and your hair, not your hands on the controller. Yeah. They had, like, one button that you could press, usually, and then, like, the directional buttons. And that usually just brought you to another movie. 
Yes, yes. And it's for some people, depending on which one of those series they got, the controller had a joystick. Because yeah. a lot of these titles were also uh, arcade titles as well. Yeah. Who shot Johnny Rock? It's a live-action, full-motion, video laser disc video game produced by American Laser. And we're going to tell you nothing about the game, but every single platform that it ever was on. Ever was on. Okay, here we go. The game is set in a Hollywood version of 1930s Chicago, where what? one plays a private detective that had been hired to find out who murdered a nightclub singer named Johnny Rock. The player must attempt to reach Johnny Rock's killer, shooting villains and interrogating individuals, just in that order. The game takes the player through the gangs of four gangsters, with suggestive names like Measles, Mumps, Smallpox, and Lockjock Lil. Lockjock Lil. Each of whom knew Rock and are suspects in his murder. And locations such as a warehouse, a pool hall, a garage, and even a casino. Edgy. <laughs> It's so edgy. <laughs> My favorite part is it says shooting villains and interrogating an individual. So that's the order. You shoot them, then you're like, okay, now I've got some questions for you. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, no wonder why you know so, so, some things aren't going the way we thought they would go uh, nowadays. This is what these. This is what the the people learned back then, folks. Shoot first, ask questions later. Yep. What the hell? It all makes God sense now. Damn you who shot Johnny Rock. It's probably the cop or the detective from the 1930s Chicago, at least. My goodness, just terrible. But you know what, folks? Thank you so much for delving into this set of ridiculous game titles. This honestly ridiculous system. Is that fair to say, Flynn? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for enjoying us making fun of a really, really bad console. <laughs> Normally, we like to do hidden gems where you folks get to enjoy the nuanced awesomeness of certain titles. But this time, we were just like, you know what? Today, today we feel like just going down memory lane of just how ridiculous some of these ventures went for the consoles. And the CDI definitely was a venture in, wait. What the hell did you just put up there on the screen? What happened? No way. No way. And yes, yes, they did. All right, to all you Lockjaw Lils out there and you dreamers. And to, to all the, the rowdy rubellas and family. <laughs> you have a good one. Thank you for tuning on in. And 